Well, welcome to another episode of On The Couch with myself, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. And today I'm joined by the whisperer, Mr. Andrew Wyland from DP Wealth in Toowoomba. Now, Andrew is the ETF whisperer. I affectionately call him that because he is an independent, unbiased expert on ETFs, which is rare in this market because lots of people have their own act to grind. And he is a fantastic resource and he has very kindly offered to help me uh, put together the ETF portfolio, the active ETF portfolio that I have been putting together. Now I've put it together on my own and I feel a bit like I'm standing outside the headmaster's study at the moment, waiting to be called in and have the, uh, the, my marks given to me by uh, Mr. Wyland and that familiar cry from my prep school days of bend over boy. Hopefully that won't happen. But um, anyway, Andrew, welcome. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you very much for agreeing to uh, to helping a poor boy out with uh, what is, I guess, it is quite a complex subject. Which, you know, really and truly, it's it's you know the whole thing was made to make investing simple and diversify risk and get access to new markets that you couldn't get. But the more you dig into it, the more complex it gets. Um, so welcome, my friend. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Henry. And before we kick off, I just we we got to talk about this golem thing, like seriously. <laughs> like, you know, it's I'm hurt. I'm upset. I'm I'm I, I you know even my mum thinks it's funny. And you know when your mum <laughs> thinks it's funny, you know, like it's you, you're killing me. All right, I just want to put it out there. You're killing me. All right. So anyway, thank you. I've got that off my chest. We can. Uh, it just it was just uncanny when I went and. I think you prompted me by saying, you know, there's the, the one ETF to rule them all. Like that, that prompted me to go to the ring and my precious. And there was this picture of Gollum. And I, and I looked at the picture of you that popped up that I was going to put in the, uh, in the podcast, <laughs> in the sort of the editorial bit. And there was this remarkable similarity. And I just couldn't get past that. So I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if, it, if your mum is now finding it funny. But it, I just thought it was... Quite, quite weird. Anyway, now that we've got that out of the way, uh, good, we have. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, no, you're right. ETFs. Um, you can make them. I guess my high level comment is you could make it as easy or as difficult as you want. And what I mean by that. So last time we were talking all those weeks ago, too. Um, you know, we spoke about passive ETFs. Like it's pretty hard to go wrong with a passive ETF. And in fact, yesterday, without trying to date this podcast, you know, when CPA was down, was it down 9%, real kick in the pants there, you know, with the new yeah. issues and so forth, they were down 9%. STW, which tracks the index of, albeit CBA is one of the biggest components, it's either number one or number two, STW down 0.8%. Wow. So you look at it on face value, that to me is textbook reason why the whisperer I don't even know why I'm calling myself the whisperer. Andrew um, does ETFs so that I don't get the big swings and roundabouts. I'm getting the the narrower, you know, um, trying to sort of uh, have less volatility. So right. that was a textbook example of why passive ETFs are great. But then, as you know, if we come to your portfolio, Master Jennings, uh, then <laughs> it's this is where it starts there's a few more moving parts because we're now into active or we're now into satellite land and you know one of the things you spoke about in your um, newsletter the other day relating to sort of that crossover piece 
um, there's an ambulance goes tearing past, is around, say, NVIDIA as an example, and where, you know, all the various ETFs and what holds it and so forth. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But at face value, if you just have a, a portfolio of passive ETFs across a range of assets, it's actually pretty simple. It's when you start, you know, trying to be more thematic. And let's be frank about this, you know, Marcus today subscribers, they're smart, switched on, good looking people, present company excluded, and they want to be active. They want to be engaged. They want to know what the next next mega trend is. They don't necessarily want to buy the boring ETF, but I'd start the conversation by saying, hey, you know what? 70% of your portfolio should frankly be the passive boring ones because it just takes all that market timing stuff out. That CBA thing is a classic example, you know, and it's the 30% where we're going to really add the value. Well, that is that is great advice. Um, I must admit, when I was putting this together, um, I was trying to be a little more exotic, shall we say, a little bit more active, a little bit more thematic. Um, and I did toy, and I, I, I know we'll get to this, with your favourites uh, and being thunderstruck with um, ACDC and the other one, of course, which was Hack. And I did toy with them, and then I got sidetracked with um, other ones. We kind of covered some of that to some extent. And, and the NVIDIA thing was interesting as well, as, as it was po po pointed out that, uh, you know, I did have quite a big exposure to NVIDIA. Luckily, the results were out last night and they were actually quite good. The stock was up 5%. So yeah, there you go. Um, but sorry, sorry, briefly, if we just very briefly talk NVIDIA, the other thing is that, you know, Zuckerberg and the uh, metaverse or whatever he's calling it, NVIDIA is like in the box seat because mm. if there's going to be a need for all this AR and VR and, you know, whatever other or virt uh, virtual worlds are, guess PR. Who, yeah, PR. <laughs> who's going to be making all of the hardware that's required around that? And mm. NVIDIA is in the box seat. I went to, very briefly, I went to a conference in 2018 in Chicago with Morningstar and they had a futurist Kevin Kelly, that's not his stage name, that's his real name. And Kevin was talking about 40 years out, not even 40 years, 30 years out, what would the world look like? Who knows? His view of the world was that exactly what Zuckerberg's just put forward, that basically there'll be two worlds. There's, you know, the real world, and then there's this virtual world, and that there's going to be so much opportunity for our kids to actually jobs that haven't even been thought of relating to that. And at the time, you're sitting there going, this is just hocus pocus. But you start seeing all this stuff play out and you're thinking there might actually be something to this. So to, to the NVIDIA thing, I'm actually really happy to be overweight NVIDIA and things like ESPO and, you know, all the other um, it's bits of exposure. I think it's a goodie. All right. Well, let's um, let's let's do the, the headmaster thing. And I, I'm quite happy to uh, to cop it. How did I go? You've seen the you've seen the portfolio, and I have to say, you know, I started with a base. This is this is my excuse to my headmaster before I get the marks. I, I started with the base with Qual because that, you know, I, I was following some very sage advice from uh, from a um, a gentleman I know that said that's the one ETF to rule them all. So I thought I should base at least have that sort of um, base rock of Qual thirty percent. I know that's quite a lot, and it was way outside. Uh, the other weightings, but the idea was at least to kick it off and then fill in the blanks and then maybe over the next few weeks, maybe uh, sort of move away from some of the qual anyway. But what did you think of it? 
Tell me honestly. Oh, as opposed to my usual holding back self. Um, look, that's the one. On 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 face value, I liked it, but the, the uh, there are some here that I'm saying I'm on board with. So might might be. Why don't we quickly go through the ones I'm on board with, and then we can maybe talk about a couple of the ones that I'm a bit yeah. about. Yeah. And for those playing at home, give you a glimpse inside the, the the vaulted walls of the Saran Super Fund. Andrew and Sarah, my beautiful wife, uh, and you know, have a talk about a couple of those and how they might fit in with here. So the ones that I'm okay with, CLDD, I quite like that one. I think that's uh, a goodie. Uh, we we actually spoke about Crip yesterday. On we the did. Markers. And even though I said it's a hold, I still think it is a hold for the time being, but I think that whole underlying crypto space is certainly where you want to be. Uh, so on balance, I'm happy with that. Ethi, I'm a big fan of Ethi. We've been in Ethi since about seven and eight bucks, so I quite like Ethi. HGen, I'm quite comfortable with. IIND, I'm comfortable with. IJR, small caps. If inflation's on the run, you actually probably want more of that, so I'm okay with that. Uh, RBTZ is actually my preferred AI robotics drone exposure. There's another one, Robo, but I do prefer RBTZ. They're sort of the ones that I'm okay with. Note, I didn't say qual. Um, so let's talk. That, about that's, a, that's a given. I mean, that's 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 standard operating procedure. That's the DS solution every time. <laughs> Master Jennings, steady up, Tiger. Steady so, up. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll leave qual to the end. I just want to keep. You know, we've got to. I know that advertising dollars is great for you. So the longer we can extend this podcast, let's just keep pleasing. <laughs> so the ones that I'm struggling with, in no particular order, so we may as well just do them alphabetically, is Asia. Now, mm -hmm. I was very keen on Asia. I, I like Asia as a place, but as an ETF, my concern is, my friend, they have a different rule book to you and I. And I'm not going all xenophobic on you. I'm simply stating that the rules are changing very quickly. And as a consequence, I'm just quite cool at the moment on anything that has direct Chinese exposure. So if you had, as an example, um, other um, Asian-focused or Chinese-focused ETFs, I would simply also say they're on hold. I'm not saying we would never do them. I'm just saying they're on hold. Let's get through February. Let's get through Winter Olympics. Let's get through the next five years of, well, you know, Xi Jinping being um, re-inaugurated or whatever happens to Chinese leaders every five years. And then let's revisit it. So I think you, you've gone early. You've gone early. Yeah, I um, tend to do that. Second one, no comment. Second one is um, ERTH, so Earth. So again, I'm guessing that's your ESG frame. Oh, it was. It is. Yeah. And so back to my 2018 trip, um, Standard and Poor's very early called ERG, uh, ERG, ESG as a thing. Right. Absolutely nailed it. And so, and really here, if we were to say 2021 has really been the year of ESG in Australia. And I think we said last time, every $2 invested in Australia, $1 is going into ESG. So it's certainly the right thematic. Is it the right ETF? I guess would be my question. Look, different ways to slice it and dice it. I, I look at Earth and I think to myself, so one of their holdings as an example is Dropbox. Like if I think ESG, do I think Dropbox? Well, they do because their view is that 
you know, less paper being used and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Whereas I guess I tend to take a more blunt of view. My blunt of view would be something like CLNE, which just owns the top 30 renewable energy producers. And, I mean, you've got that by virtue of HGEN, you know, Plug Power and I can't remember the name of the the, uh, the Danish windmill manufacturer begins with a V, Ventus, I think it is. So me personally, I think you're on the right track. You've probably got too much earth. I'd probably go CLNE. Um, you've got semi in there. There is no doubt that semiconductors are a thing. The, the, the issue from my point of view is there's none of them about. And you're going to continue to see a big supply chain issue there for, at least, in my view, at least another 12, 18 months because you can't just sort of go, right, I'm going to build a semiconductor uh, fab. Like this takes $10, 20000000000 billion. Um, so it's a thing, but I just for the time being, I'm a bit cool on that. And then MVW, now so sort of transitioning a little bit to the Saran Superfund, Fourth biggest holding in Sarand is MVW. So MVW is the equal weighted ASX ETF. My comment here is simply, I don't actually think it's a satellite. I think it's a core. So okay. I think you've dotted yourself in, in a slot there. And then the one ETF to rule them all. The one ETF to rule them all. It pains me to say this, my friend. <laughs> I know. I can't believe you're going to say this. I really can't. But I can't believe I'm about to say it either. You've got too many of them. Now, the one ETF to rule them all, you've got too many. doesn't make sense. So we sort of come back to the, the model, the, and I won't go too much into the DP wealth model, but, yeah, you're probably, I would think, probably at, at least 10% overweight, maybe okay. even a bit more. Now, again, you know, how you started off by saying it's, you know, it's a, it's a foundational piece and over time you might knock some off to help fund other thematics, 100% on board on that, but I would be concerned if you had 30% of the entire portfolio in qual, even though there's lots to like about it. You know, companies that good revenue, low debt, return on equity, blah, 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 blah. Because as we know, inflation is a thing, despite Jerome Powell and um, everybody else telling us not. And because it's so full of tech, 39% tech, um, if those bond yields go over 2%, US 10 years go over 2%, then as we know, those tech companies are just going to get crunched and 39% of this is going to get crunched. So I like it. Yeah, you see, everyone tells me that. Everyone tells me that, you know, they're going to get crunched because of the bond yields. But at the end of the day, a lot of these big tech stocks now are so embedded in our lives and they're all SaaS models. And to be honest, if... I mean, I'm, I'm a lazy person in lots of respects, especially when it comes to looking at bank statements and things and remembering how many subscriptions I've got and how many SaaS uh, subscriptions I've got. You know, when your SaaS on your Apple or whatever goes up from $1.50 to 2 bucks a month or, or whatever it is, are you really going to go, oh, no, I can't possibly use Apple anymore. It's gone up by 50 cents. No, you're just going to swallow it. When your Spotify account goes up from... You know, my family account, which, God, I've lost track of that one. Um, you know, that's 18 bucks. If it goes up to 20, am I going to cancel Spotify and go and buy d CDs again? No way. You know, there's a certain amount of, um, they're so embedded now. I, I, I think they're, you know, they're just going to pass this on. It's going to get passed straight through. And some, I suspect, they're almost inflation proof. So I'm not that worried about the bond market, really, going from 1.6% to 1.7% and throwing it out all the toys from the cop. But 
I hope yeah. you're right, and I and I share your view, but you and I are not the market. So no, well, that's that's no. the concern. So I, I can't get my head around the fact that um, Rivian is worth 124 billion US dollars, and they've delivered less than 50 cars. But there you go. There you go, you know, just being practical again. I mean, I've spoken about this before, you know, wake up to yourself. So there, so Qual, I think maybe longer term, 20% would be a a better weighting. So, you know, potentially if you accept my advice, uh, not that we do advice here, of course, then you've probably got maybe up to 30% to move, maybe up to maybe up to 40% if you dial back qual. So that, in other words, you know, if there was no Asia, no Earth, no MVW, no Semi, and dial qual back to 20, there's about 40% to move. Jeez, I'm, I'm sensing a C minus here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'd, 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 give it, I'd give it a B. I'd give a it B. a B. Well, that's not, not not bad for a first time out for a young fellow. Yeah, no, you, you, you've done okay. So let's maybe, so if we then pivot to Saran, so again, we're not talking DP Wealth, we're talking Andrew and Sarah, um, yep. influenced by DP Wealth. Uh, yep. and I'm just actually looking at my portfolio here and just, again, just running through them in alphabetical order. So you spoke before about ACDC. I yep. really think ACDC should be part of the mix. Um, and I know you um, you uh, flamed me, you grilled me. Oh, how long ago was that? Now I've still got the screenshot. Uh, talking about you know the lithium providers relative yeah. to the um, those companies, and take that all on board. But you were still wrong. ACDC is uh, where it's at. Uh, certainly having those auto manufacturers in there as well. So I think you need some of those. Uh, Espo, I do think you need some Espo in there too, based on what I just said about NVIDIA. I think you need yeah. that in there. I mean, yeah, you see, I, yeah, I, I didn't put it in because I thought I had too much NVIDIA. I don't think you're going to have enough, frankly. Oh, okay. I might as well just buy all NVIDIA and Qual and then be done with it. 100%. Yep, we Job done. Yep, there we go. Thanks very much for coming on, Andrew. It's been fantastic. fantastic. Thanks very much, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. We'll, we'll, catch, we'll catch up next time. We'll catch up next time. <laughs> so certainly some Espo, maybe 5%. Uh, I've got Effie. I've got Femex in there. Femex is um, an emerging markets, but again, coming back to my concerns around China and different rule books for the time being, they're 37% China, so I'd probably just be a bit cautious on there. FTEC. So again, yesterday on Ausbiz, we spoke about the virtues of FTEC versus CRIP. Um, yep. I, I quite like FTEC because it's more diversified. There's there's, what did you say? There were 72, I think you said yesterday. Yeah, um, so I've got FTech in there. Hack, you've got to have hack in there. Hack, hack, you know, hack is really to me the one glaring emission, absolutely glaring emission. Right. Um, and what I mean by that is, you've got all sorts of bad actors in North Korea and Russia and goodness knows where. I'm sure I don't know how many other people from, that we can offend today from around the world. We've offended. There's them. a lot of bad actors out there. Sylvester Stallone springs to mind. Yeah, yeah Bruce Willis on a bad day. Yeah, um, on a very bad day. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Kevin Costner, but um, anyway, don't you dare. Wouldn't, definitely wouldn't do that. So hack is absolutely one that you should have in your portfolio simply because. There's so many people trying to get your data. There's so, like, I'll give you an example here, you know, and I'm touching lots of wood as I'm saying this, but 
we have never had uh, any issues at all in that regard. You know, we pay some silly money to make sure that's the case. But I got my cyber security renewal notice the other day. It's doubled. And I've gone, for what? You know, I've got all these policies in place. I've got this hardware, software, two-factor authentication, geolock, you name it, we do it. Sorry, mate, it's just the wide of the world. You know, it's doubled. Okay. Really? It's probably going to double again next year. Good to wow. know. Good to know. So wow. hack, I think, is probably the most obvious one that's missing from here. Uh, I've got HGen. I've got that um, Hyperion um, HYGG. Um, yeah, I like that one. Mm, me too. Um, smart guys and girls, really smart guys yeah. and girls. And they were overweight Tesla coming into that result. So uh, if you're sort of on the fence going, look, this is all too hard. Andrew and Henry, you're nice guys, but I don't want to buy 27 different ETFs. But I like exposure to the stuff you're talking about. You do worse than just buying HYGG standalone. Yeah. So it's actually in the um, it's in one of the we've got so many baskets. It's beginning to look like a a market at the moment. Um, I've actually got HIG in the um, house deposit basket. Okay. So, um, which is basically conservative with a bit of income, and and so that people can uh, save up to afford their house, uh, but uh, which they'll never be able to do, of course, unless they've got one already. Uh, so, yeah, I've I've liked that one. Yep, keep going. Really. Um, so, and uh, I, I will cover up very briefly a couple of passive ones. Uh, I do like IOO, which is from BlackRock. So it's their unhedged international exposure. Um, so I do quite like those. IXJ, which is um, healthcare, global healthcare. Uh, so I quite like those. MVW, as I said before, that's a that's a core. Qual goes without saying. QUS is probably one that doesn't get too much of a mention, but QUS. So again, if we talk about the uh, S and P five hundred, it's twenty six percent tech, Apple, mm. Microsoft, etc. QUS is an equal weight, so we might just pause here, educational component, equal weight, so the ASX S&P 200 is market weight, so you've got CSL, you've got CBA, you've got BHP, the top, what's the top 10, about 60% of the index? Yeah, probably more actually. Um, So the other 194 companies make up the balance of the index. QUS you basically have all 500 companies at equal weight, so 0.25% for each one. So if you're worried about technology companies falling over, then you have QUS in there because uh, the issue there is that you've then got that diversification, that spread, that exposure, rather than being heavily concentrated on tech. So, okay, I'm just keeping on with the educational thing. So if they're all equal weighted, when they move, say one of them doubles and therefore becomes 0.5 of a percent or whatever, do they, do they sell down? So, similar, so similarly with MVW, does a reweight. And how often do they do that? I think I have to go, I have to check, but I'm pretty sure it's either semi-annually or annually. Okay. So it's a bit like being long vol where you're selling into rises and you're buying into weakness. Correct. Long volatility, sorry. Yep. Um, yes. Okay. So I, I really do like qual. So a couple of these ones in here are counterintuitive to what we've just spoken about, but they are my defensive, my Sarah's and Andrew's defensive hedge that if things go awry, 
then we've got a bit of cover because we're going to get crunched on IOO because it's 22%, sorry, 26% tech, whereas QUS shouldn't fall by anywhere as much, but I still want that international exposure. Uh, RBTZ we've covered off, STW is my uh, ASX 200 of choice, but you could do IOZ, you could do A200. Uh, so we then move into sort of the bond-like exposure, VACF, which is the corporate bond from uh, Vanguard. And I've also got that XARO in there as well. They basically sort of act as the cushion. So my portfolio is around 70-30. So, oh, no, sorry, 80-20, 80-20. So 80% growth, but 20% defensive. So and without being clever about it, portfolio is returning similar to what the market's returning, but with, you know, 20% less risk. Plus it also gives me a bit of ammo so that if the world's going silly, I can be knocking off XARO, VACF. I've got some AAA in there as well, which is sort of the cash ETF, and that's my ammo or, you know, BHP's 30 bucks or whatever. Uh, and then, of course, my two-factor ETFs, VGMF, and we covered that one, I think, off a couple of weeks ago. That's that sort of multi-factor. V and then there's VVLU, which is just solely value. So, again, the world starts going to putty, then VVLU should hold up relatively well and VGMF should also be okay as well. So... Lots of moving parts, not a recommendation. It's appropriate for Andrew and Sarah. But coming back to the, your portfolio, as I said, I think the, the missing ones absolutely would be hack. Um, whether, like, I noticed that you're pretty weak on um, international directly, if that makes sense, as in, like, this. But again, this is a thematics one. So maybe the compromise is if you're sticking with MVW, well, why wouldn't you throw some QUS in there too? because QUS is exactly the same strategy, it's just a different market. Um, HYGG, but you've already got that covered in another portfolio, and some ACDC and some SPO. But nothing wrong with what you've got there at all. Another person would look at it and Dorsey would look at it and give you a completely different perspective as well. He wouldn't have a clue, to be honest. I didn't want to raise that here, but now that you have Adam, nice, uh, glad that you're listening. <laughs> he wouldn't have a clue he'd just go yeah that looks fine how many do you want to buy he's a broker <laughs> oh you want to sell how many do you want to sell <laughs> let me I'm get the pink pad hands. out i'm in your hands how, how do you want to do this how do you want to do this why why would i want to argue what the client wants to do exactly. when there's brokers at stake <laughs> it is not mine to reason why it is but simply to buy simply to write the ticket indeed well I still feel like I'm a C minus. I think you're being very generous with a B because there's obviously some glaring emissions. And I, as they, they used to say in my report, could try harder. <laughs> Mine was he could turn up more often. So. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was my university days. I, uh, I averaged half a tutor semester. If I went to my first tutorial and the tutor tutorer was not cutting it, I was out. That was me gone. Well. I don't blame you. If they're not cutting it, you're, you're paying a lot of money for this education. Correct. Correct. So, well, that's fantastic. Thank you for that. That's That's been very insightful. Uh, very insightful indeed. And I, I have to say, I'm going to go away and do some homework. I must admit, I, I didn't really want this to take over my life. Um, so, 
I think I might settle for a quieter uh, life in, in some respects and, and, and nod my head to you and, and take more advice from you rather than trying to go down the rabbit holes all by myself and come up with my own Venn diagram as that, um, that ETF tracker thing was very good. Now, I believe, this is a bit of promo because this is going out at the weekend, I believe that you're doing a Ausbiz day next week is that right mm, indeed next tuesday uh i'm trying to think it's 10 30 real time so i think that's 11 30 mexican time um 10 30 queensland time 11 30 queensland time uh, 11 30 right. new south wales time uh but yes that's with the uh innovation day on ausbiz so uh kenish um and adam we're going to be talking about innovating right. etfs Lightweight. Adam, love him to bits. Uh, talking about innovative ETF. So Adam's, in fact, just sent through a one-line email. No, he hasn't. He's actually done a fair bit of homework on this. So we'll uh, we'll talk about some of the ones. Uh, what's he got here? Actually, I won't do that because he's. I'll, I'll steal his thunder. But anyway, he's talking yeah, about... Don't. He's got... Actually, I'll, t I'll give you a couple of the broad talking points. When to buy ETFs, portfolio weightings, risk Ten versus... Four. Yes. Uh, risk versus return and um, depth and trading with market makers. And just from an educational point of view, forget the innovation bit for a moment, albeit that's the whole reason you're there. Even just you want to understand a bit more about ETFs, when to buy, weightings, risks, and market depth market makers, that'd be perfect. So if you want to learn more about ETFs, love to see you next Tuesday. Well, actually, you'll see us, but you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. So, tell me, why has Queensland got different times to the rest of the country, to the New South Wales, the, well, the rest of the real country? It's to do with the curtains. They fade. It's to do with... <laughs> no, I, sh I, sh I shouldn't joke because if you live in the southeast corner, daylight savings, I think most people would welcome daylight savings in the southeast corner. But if you sort yeah. of live basically west of Toowoomba, so where I am, west from here... And the sun is, you know, coming up at 4, 4.30 in the morning and you're on the land and you're doing all that stuff and you're trying to get kids to school. Like I've got clients who are sending kids on a two-hour bus ride to school, to school. We had a bus like that. And then back again. Yeah, well, you had probably to push the bus. So four <laughs> hours a day stuck on a bus yeah. You know, in at a time where your body clock's out of whack and the sun's beating in on you, like I get it. So there's been a lot of angst and hand wringing around. Well, do we have like the state segregated? You know, is there almost like a line? Because Southeast Queensland's got its own time zone, and then the rest of the state, they haven't had a vote on it for 20 years. I reckon if the vote was on today, Southeast Queensland would vote for it. But it's been yeah. political poison here, absolute political poison. Wow. Simple thing, really. Time. They don't even have Greenwich Mean Time anymore. Really? Yeah. It's called something else. I think the French got upset. I can't remember what it's called, but it's called something um, like nuclear time or something. That's but it's the same as Greenwich Mean Time, but it's just not called Greenwich Mean That's Time anymore. That's what used to do my head in when I, when I was able to travel. You know, I'd sort of get to, because I like running or walking or, you know, some form of waddling at speed, and I'd go, beauty, you know, five o'clock, you know, start the day, and it's pitch black. And I, it'll get sunny by the time I get back. Not 7, 7.30, albeit your nights are longer. I just, it was absolutely doing my head in. So Yeah. You want, you want to try um, going to Scotland in winter. It's about three, three hours of grey, and the rest of it is black. 
<laughs> right. No, you're selling it well. And a special hello to the Scottish Tourism Board. <laughs> I am selling it well, aren't I? Now, Andrew, it's been an absolute delight, as always, and I do feel somewhat chastened and chastised by you in the headmaster's study. And I will go away and I will try harder and I will do better. But um, I think I've made a start. That, that was the main thing. I think it was important to get kick it off and get it underway rather than stuff around forever and a day. So um, at least we've made a bit of a start on it. And now I've got this wonderful resource. And what is great about you is that you are completely unbiased and very generous with your time and your knowledge, which is fantastic. And uh, you do share those insights. And I, I've got to say, even though I, we, we tease each other, etc., on the, on the telly and here, um, you know, I, I do value your friendship. So thank you, mate. And also group hug. Actually, it's a bit group awkward. Group hug, man, man hug, man hug. Man I'm, hug. I'm, I'm hugging the screen, which is a bit awkward, but no, right back at you, my friend. And very briefly to the Marcus Today community, especially in that Facebook page, if you're not a member, why not? Yep. Uh, some really good people in a couple of dodgy ones. One, Henry, I can't get over that. Yeah, Otherwise, uh, member supporting members, get amongst it, it's great. Thank you, mate. Really appreciate it. No worries. Catch you soon. Thank you.